Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the third day of the week in God's created order. Tuesday, 16th day of January, 2024th year of our Lord. Let's turn to our Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for our so great salvation. For as we as we delve into the woes today, that we're now on the woe side. We are on this, the praise and glorification side, singing, uh, singing praises for our so great salvation. Open up our hearts this morning to the study of your word and these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And this is another fine day in the Lord. And we're turning to Matthew chapter. We're still in Matthew chapter 23. A lot of lot here in Matthew 23. So, um, and the woes is, is going to be quite the, we're coming into the seven woes. Uh, my, my new America Sanders says it's eight woes, but let's, we'll count them up as we go along, shall we? And so, uh, Jesus is referring, uh, he's talking to the religious leaders at this point. And, um, these are like the, the woe, a woe is like a, as the opposite. These, you have the seven woes here and they're like the beatitudes, uh, opposite of the beatitudes. Beatitudes is blessed is the man and here we're talking about cursed is the man. And a woe, uh, uai is a state of intense hardship, um, or distress. Um, it's, uh, disaster or horror. Um, they never quoted from the BDAG before, and the BDAG says it is a denoting pain or displeasure, woe or alas. So, starting with Matthew 23, 13, we begin, but woe, uh, Jesus speaking, but woe to the scribes and the Pharisees, the hypocrites, wrote, woe to you, this is personal, woe to you. Scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, because you shut off, you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourself, nor do you allow those entering to go in. And evil has its say in time. I've often said this, that, um, and I say it on the, on the fact that we have to come to the realize and we Wonder why God is not hammering evil or, um, I've had actually people ask me, how long do you think God is going to put up with evil? But listen, friends, evil has its time. We don't like it. There is a, and sometimes we, we do wonder, and where is God in all this? But it's, we look at it different ways that there's, I see it as a courtroom trial. You have the prosecution, you have the defense, you have, and you have a judge. Both sides get a turn to, to have their say in court until that gavel drops and, you know, um, then there's no more argument there. The more 
that evil seems, you know, and, and the day that we are, we're at, the more that we seem, see evil, um, continue, the more it, it seems the, that it, it gets more emboldened. It, it, it makes more of a stand. And, um, and same in the time of the Pharisees. I'm sure that there were those who witnessed the evil of the Pharisees. I'm sure that there were those that, that loved Jesus so much and they saw what the Pharisees were doing. They heard what Jesus was saying. They understood and they were scratching their heads wondering why can these, how can these evil men get away with it? And we look, we look at it um, in Scripture, and I, I see them kind of like no difference in the politicians we have today. And we, we wonder how can they get away with? It? How can they, how can they continue doing what they're doing, and God not doing anything? So, brothers and sisters, listen. The clock on evil is running, and it's running down. And um, I believe wholeheartedly. That there's not much time left on the clock, uh, for evil to want on its course. I believe that what we see today is not an emboldened evil. I say that again. It's not an emboldened evil. It may be. But it may also be a evil that is in desperation. An evil, remember that the, even the angels recognize that their time is coming. Remember the angel, not the angel, but the demons that were um, in the, in, uh, I believe it was in gatherings. And um, the, the, the demon said, what, um, what business do we have with the, each other, Jesus of Nazareth? I believe that's how it goes. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not looking at it. He says, our, uh, our time has not yet come, or it has our time now come. You know, so the demons recognize that there is a clock themselves, that they've only got so long. And so, um, so could it be that they are emboldened, evil is emboldened, or is it that they are in desperation? So God, listen, God cannot perpetually allow the, uh, for sin to continue without himself condoning it. And if God condoned sin, he would not be a just God. So this Jesus, here's Jesus, he's prophetically, you know, he, Jesus is a prophet. And Jesus, as a prophet, has given a glimpse into hell in Luke when he sees the, there the rich man in Lazarus. You know, the, and this is not a parable. I mean, parables do not have names. This is, this is an actual situation because Lazarus is named. It's not a parable. So Jesus looks into, uh, um, looks into Hades. He sees on one side, uh, paradise where the, where the poor man, Lazarus went. And the rich man, the unbeliever goes to torments. And how the 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 rich man was was calling out to to Father Abraham um, for just a drop of water to be placed on his tongue, and then he said, and then he said, "Let's send somebody to my I think it was five brothers that they may 
here and uh, that they may believe that this place really exists. So here's the warning that Jesus gives to the Pharisees. And maybe it's not a warning. Maybe it's already. Maybe Jesus, as a prophet, already sees these um, the Pharisees, the scribes. Not all of them. Just because you're a Pharisee or a scribe doesn't mean you're going... Just because you wear that tag doesn't mean you're going to, to hell. I'm sure it's like Democrats today. There may be... Um, some honorable men on both sides in the political realm that are generally fighting for the freedom for this country. I think there were pro- there were probably saved scribes and Pharisees who um, and and priests. Uh, you know, so just just because we put the title on them, don't mean that they're um, that they're um, bad guys uh, or or what have you. So there were those who. There are those today who teach us a more severe place in hell. You know, um, that there, there's the intensity of suffering in hell. And the uh, first time I've heard that, I, I kind of dismissed it. And then I've, then I heard it again. And I realized that some people do teach. I'm not going to dismiss it now, but that there, there are different degrees of punishment in, in hell. And, and I don't know. I haven't. I haven't done my homework on that, but I wonder sometimes. And um, but it would seem that there are degrees um, of hell that these religious leaders um, are going to suffer more than others. So, so once again, Matthew twenty three thirteen. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. For you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow um, those who enter to go in. And when we're talking about the the woes, is that is it is it something that maybe maybe in Galatians maybe this applies in hell as well? Uh, the principle of sowing and reaping: what you sow, you shall also reap. And so uh, so they are going to be. Can we say reward it for um, their efforts to keep people out of the kingdom? And um, understand this, that Jesus is doing the work. And John, Jesus said, I didn't come to to come into the world to to judge, to to uh, condemn the world, to judge the world. But I came in to save the world. And um, so Jesus, Jesus is coming as a suffering servant to to um to bring the gospel and here are those that stand in opposition against God against God's plan in order to prevent others from from uh becoming uh, from entering into the kingdom so at the beginning of the week when Jesus rode in um to the uh to the temple on the fall. There was great excitement. They were, they were excited about, about the, about the Messiah coming. This was the fulfillment of prophecy. They were, they were excited about the, um, uh, the prospect. This was the timing of the Messiah. And riding on a fall, they knew what this meant. They, they were laying out their coats and the palm leaves and they were greeted 
Uh, Jesus, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were all excited. Of course, the whole Jerusalem would be excited. Here is the Messiah. But then they look at their religious leaders. Religious leaders are sitting there all firm and stuff. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, you people are thoroughly misguided. Huh? And, uh, and their, their attacks on, on Jesus and their, their discrediting their Jesus. And, and though Jesus each time would, um, would put the, put the arguments of the, the Pharisees and the scribes to rest, nonetheless, these people, listen, these people trusted these, their religious leaders. These were, these were the men of God in their eyes. They were the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, whatever group they, whatever religious group they, um, they gravitate to. And so, th- these are the, these are the people that they trusted. And at first they thought, wow, everybody would be on board with this, even including the religious leaders. Of course the religious leaders would. And then they find out, no, the religious leaders weren't. Let me give you another example. It's like, we love our, we love pa- our pastors. We love our pastor teachers. We, um, uh, um, oh, we pray for them. We love them. We're, and they're teaching us. They're, um, they're teaching us doctrine, precept upon precept, doctrine upon doctrine. Um, and and our spiritual we we're spiritually growing under a pastor but a pastor isn't always right a pastor doesn't have everything um he he is subject to be wrong but we have a tendency there are those that have a tendency to to um use the pastor not as a gift that was given by God to help them learn the scripture, but they, they come to depend upon the, the pastor as their, as their all in all. And if, if pastor so and so says this, that's gospel. If pastor said this, this is that. And I've actually heard people say, I don't care what's in that. That's actually the Bible. I don't care what's there. Um, and actually I hadn't heard, but Robert, Robert tells me about this. He, he had a couple of times Pastor King. And they would wait. I don't care what's in, yes, no, I'll back up. No, it has, I've, I have heard it. Um, incident, but I won't get into it. But he said, I don't care what's in that. And he just waves off the Bible. And he says, and, and he goes, this is what I've always been taught. This is what I've always learned. And dismissing the Bible. So we have a tendency to idolize our pastors. And, and, and our pastor teachers where, where we set the Bible aside and it's what Dr. So-and-so says. It's what a pastor so-and-so says. And we begin arguing the words of the pastor rather than going to the Bible and, and, and validating it like good Bereans. And this is what these people were. They did. And I'm not saying, saying we, we don't appreciate our pastors. Yes, we do. 
And these people appreciate their, their scribes, the Pharisees, the, the high priest. They appreciate them for who they were. But they trusted them to the extent that um, what was right before them, Jesus. And when their religious leader said, uh-uh, many of them, in short order, within very short order, we're talking about a couple days, that they dismissed Jesus and they... Um, and they, they were the ones that followed the, their leadership's, uh, their, uh, the, the leadership's way. So, this is, this is what happened in Jesus' day. People who were initially excited about Jesus turned and saw the disapproval of those who trusted, uh, trusted, uh, who they trusted, and they quickly um, dismiss Jesus. Luke 11.52 Woe to you lawyers, uh, experts of the law, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. That You see, they, they had the stewardship of, of communicating of the Word of God. You've taken away the key because the key of knowledge is the key to our spiritual life. And the key into um, the revelation that we enter into the kingdom, you yourself did not enter. And you hindered those who were entering. Greater accountability against those lawyers. Matthew 18.6 But whoever causes one of the, these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Pretty big indictment, wouldn't you say? So, you know, this perplexes me. And and it really does. Um, How can evil, or, you know, um, how can it be for some the world not to live, live and let live? I mean, there are, the world does, has dismissed God. The world has dismissed Jesus. All well and fine. But why can't they live, uh, live and let live? What does it hurt? If, if God doesn't exist, if, if Jesus doesn't exist, if there's no heaven or hell, what is the big threat of your neighbor believing that there is a God, that there's a Jesus? What? Mr. College Professor. Okay, so you're an unbeliever. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. But why is, why do you, why must you make such an effort to communicate that there is no God, that there is no Christ, and, and to ensure that your students don't? You know what? It actually, it actually increases my faith. It actually validates my faith, should I say. Because, again, if God and if Jesus doesn't exist, what are they, what are they worried about? What, what are they so worried about? So it tells me that there is, you know, something there. So, 
it's uh, again, it's um, so might there be a greater punishment for those people that make it their life's ambition to not only believe disbelieve, to not only they themselves be uh, be uh, what do you call kept from going into the kingdom of heaven. But to make sure that as many as they can to follow them to hell. So, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he had, um, he had looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. Jesus was praying for those who were um, deceived. He loved, and listen, he loved the religious leaders as much as he loved the people. But his heart, his heart was was uh, grieving for those who were deceived. Again, they they spent their lives trusting in their religious leaders. They couldn't just, in a couple day time, turn their attention away from their religious leaders and say, you guys don't know what they're talking about and we're going to follow Jesus. And Jesus knew that too. And it grieved him. So so it's that point that he he looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And um, we live in a world right now where evil is is having her say, even in our schools and and our public forum on our entertainment and um and people are being deceived. Our young ones are being deceived. And so um and so it was Jesus' first denunciation against the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious leaders. And it concerned the fact that the Pharisees were preventing others from entering in the kingdom. It wasn't enough that they rejected Jesus and that they were going to be rejected from the kingdom. But they they didn't want anybody else. They barred the doors. They locked the doors. They didn't want anyone else in. Their antagonism toward Jesus had caused many to turn away from him. Many Jews were looking to their leaders for direction. And their failure to accept Jesus as Messiah had placed a stumbling block. Their own failure had placed a stumbling block before the people and their countrymen. And so speaking of that, we whatever position we have, we, we talked about positions yesterday. And there were those that actually look up and respect us. And we're talking about pastors. And I do believe, listen, I do believe that there's greater accountability. There are pastors. There are parents. There are, and not in any order, um, of importance. But there is a certain accountability and a certain responsibility. 
that we have before men as Christians to live our lives in a way that we do not become stumbling blocks for others. It is a great tragedy when a pastor who who taught these things, who, who preached the gospel, turns around and falls in a certain way. And again, is there a certain is there a certain condemnation against such? So anyway, um, thirteen, let's go back to Matthew twenty three thirteen. Matthew twenty three thirteen. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. For you do not enter in yourself, nor do you allow those entering to go in. And then he continues in 14. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Again, here's a second one. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses. And for the pretense, you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive a greater condemnation. Okay, there's my answer right there. Is there a greater condemnation? Yes, there is. There is a greater degree of condemnation. And so, first of all, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. Let's take a look at the word hypocrites. And let's go, let's go to Luanida on this. Where's my Luanida at? Okay, we'll go to Mount then. Hypocrites. Hypocrites. And Hypocrites is the giver of an answer or response to a stage player, an actor. This is one with two faces. And my teacher, um, the colonel, would um, talk about this. And um, when they had plays back then, and um, they would have actors that would have different roles. The same actor would play different roles. He would come in with what, and you've seen it. You've seen it on on plays and stuff, TVs. Uh, on TV or on, on movies, uh, old shows, and um, they would have these faces. Remember those faces on a stick, you know? And they would hold up the the the. I remember it was on um, what was that movie? Um, Tombstone. Tombstone. They had a theater an actor on there. That girl who she had she played the devil um, on one and she played somebody else on the other and had two faces. She would hold that. So in a theater, they would have these different faces and that would be, um, that's what Hupocrates is. It is, it is having two faces. And Jesus called these Pharisees on this one time. And he says, and we're going to see it coming up that they're like, Whitewashed tombstones on the outside, they're looking good, they're looking all prim and proper, they're saying all the right things, they're doing all the right things, except inside they're full of dead men bones. Um, and so he, he calls them hypocrites. And this is someone who really knows, folks. So, um, let me come back to our passage here. There we go. 
And so he calls them, calls them for who, who they are. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Um, you devour widows' houses. And what they were doing, listen, uh, while they're doing all the prim and propering, while they're doing all the, all the things that's, that's holding themselves to, to, um, at a high standard, they, they pray out in the, in the courtyards where people could see them. They, um, when they give the money and, and the little trumpet, they make sure that makes sounds going in. Um, they're doing all this, but at the same time, what do they do? Plunder widows' houses. What do they do? They're, they're going into those that are, um, they're scoundrels. They're robbing widows. They're, um, they're fleecing the widows. Uh, and for, for the pretense, not the new under sun folks, they're still doing that. And for a pretense, you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive a greater condemnation. Uh, remember that widows and orphans are, um, are next to God's own heart. And, um, so there is going to be a recompense. Anyway, that's our lesson for today. We've got through two woes. We got four more woes to get through. And so we will let's close out in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning of your your word. Uh, I, I, again, Heavenly Father, thank you for your truth. And it's truth, Heavenly Father, that protects us from those that would wish very much that uh, we would not enter into the kingdom. And if we do enter into the kingdom, they wish very much for the secondary that we would receive no rewards and nothing, that we would we would serve as antichrist while we're on this earth, serving as stumbling blocks. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the word of God will open our eyes, that 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 will circulate in our hearts, that give us clear vision that to see ourselves as we truly are. May we not be stumbling blocks for others, but may we be encouragers, May we be um, sound guides, uh, not like the not like the two-faced hypocrites of the Pharisees and scribes, but may we live a life that uh, will help others to to see the light. We pray these things in Christ's name, Amen. All right, we have our study tonight. Um, we'll probably be reviewed tonight. Um, but we're getting back into. Uh, Hebrews, I think it's been, been a little while since we've been back in the Hebrews, so we're going to do some, uh, do some review tonight. We're going to go over our questions on our, um, outline, so, um, be a little bit of discussion for this evening. Hope you join us. So, till then, stay motivated, Lord, keep your armor on, and keep fighting a good fight of faith. Lord, will and spirit, guide, rapture painting. We'll be back here in the AM. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.